1: Welcome to Pixel Sift, it's Western Australia's weekly video game show. We are back from our holidays and we hope you enjoyed your festivities. We sure did. and Not get rid of us that easy. We're back. We couldn't... I, I felt like I hadn't been doing my homework over the two week break. I don't know if you guys had that feeling like as well. Like skipping out of school or something. Yeah, like yeah. I needed to be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're back now, so that feeling is gone. <gasps> Uh, We're ready to give you all the latest in gaming news from the past few weeks. On today's show, we have an interview with Chris Parkin. He's from Off Peak Games, and we'll be talking about their game. Uh, It's a medieval jousting game called Valiant, and it's all in virtual reality.
2: Yes. uh, Also, last week, Activision bought eSports League MLG, or Major League Gaming, and we'll be discussing the possible effects that this will have on eSports and the opportunities it opens up for Activision.
1: It's an interesting development, um, and for a number of reasons, where the we'll see how they all roll into that as we go into that in our first topic. Um, Also, 2015,
3: yeah. Also, yeah, we have a year in review from PixelServed. We'll talk about our highlights from uh, 2015 and what we're looking forward to this
1: year, and some of the biggest stories that you may have seen throughout the year. A lot of things happen in a year, so it's good to kind of look back and and see what's happening. That. Let's jump into it.
0: you're listening to pixel sift
1: that's right you're listening to pixel sift you might be watching us we're on twitch we also have got a youtube channel now so if you haven't uh checked us out live or it's at a time that is isn't appropriate for you you can always go on youtube and watch us on there as well have a look on there colonizing any piece of social media we possibly can (laughs) while we're there this in the last couple of weeks, I guess over the Christmas break, there was the big announcement that the major eSports gaming league uh, called Major League Gaming, run uh, out of the US, which has been responsible for holding a number of tournaments and events throughout the, uh, throughout the years and across a number of different games, has actually been purchased by Activision, um, which brings uh, a major league under the wing of Activision.
3: Or maybe not. Or maybe the, not. Or maybe not. Because it's not really necessarily under the wing, but under like the strict guidance of it's not really like it's not really like taking care of it. They're more like disassembling it almost. I'd say um, maybe
2: repairing it. Yeah, that's true.
1: Sometimes when they, you see these companies and acquisitions, they basically go and buy all the best talent, anyone who's good at their job. And instead of having like anti-compete things, they buy the company and then collapse the company and roll all the best people in. Yeah, so it could be something like that is what they're doing here. They did set up their own esports division earlier in the year as well mm-hmm. and that was headed by the head of espn which is one of the big uh, television uh, sports networks in the cable networks in america
3: yeah so they were bought for 46 million which actually doesn't seem like much regarding a network such as mlg so i would have expected it to go for i don't know a lot more than that it seems
1: One of the things I heard was that actually they were pretty cash poor and revenue poor when they were actually going through. So maybe that recommendation was just a hire of, you know, a purchase of of talent and a a purchase of networking in names.
3: Um, Yeah, well, it was much for a profitability. It would seem that thirty one million of the cash purchase was actually used to pay off um, was paid on the behalf of the corporation, and it was used to discharge certain liabilities. Which means paying, paying off debt. debts. pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah getting them out of holes. And that comes from a shareholders' letter that they got that a lot of shareholders received when they when, when the they day got, after yeah, the sale took place, out. when they weren't even notified. There was happening. so
1: what a lot of people probably don't know about publicly hold, held companies is that once they are, uh, you know, any major decisions that have gone through kind of have to go through the board and they have to be put through a vote, unless there's a majority shareholder. And someone can kind of override their their vote and things like that. But I guess a lot of the shareholders of MLG were sort of only notified that, that the company had been purchased after the fact. Because a lot of the time, they'll vote yes because well they want to you know cash out of their share or or whatever. Especially if the company's got a bunch of debts and and is kind of sitting
2: there, it's not bringing any cash in. Yeah, sometimes it's a really nice easy out uh, on your investment. Um. I don't really know what this means overall for Major League Gaming. I can't. I I feel like it's a good move for them and for the gamers and the the league as a whole. Um, I feel like in the hands of Activision, they will kind of push it to new areas and realms that maybe it wasn't there before, and I maybe just uh, get taken a little bit more. Well, well no, not, I don't want to say seriously, but I just I feel like it might be launched for a bigger audience. Well, it seems like you can like
3: piggyback on the marketing and. Everything from Activision. They also Activision's also started their own
2: movie studio. So I guess they're starting to become maybe the big media well, that's conglomerate. It. They're coming out a big force to be reckoned with in multiple kind of areas of uh, you know media and entertainment. Uh, so I just see this as another step for them. And you're right, they are they are maybe getting a little bit too big with their boots and like becoming conglomerate ish e whatever. Well, but, I think know. it's just a kind of natural progression
1: of what this you know sort of stuff is happening now. Twi- watching things on Twitch and people watching games and eSports as well, as games as a entertainment source, not as just something that people play, but people watch, it makes sense for them to sort of start moving into this direction where they've got people who know how to make good quality television, who know how to use the skills they've got to present a slick, um, you know, presentation for people. And it kind of just makes sense. I mean, Activision has been on a bit of a purchasing spree at the moment. They went and purchased uh, King for... Uh, quite a stack of money not that long ago as well and they make Candy Crush so you can see that they're kind of trying to broaden their base from games and things that they're you know I guess they're probably wheelhouse
2: and I feel like a lot of their decisions and purchases and uh, even opening up of their new kind of uh, areas they're all really good decisions and none of them are kind of like busy business decisions they all seem like really good creative uh, important thought out plans
3: interestingly Uh, enough like um MLG had a really good relationship with Halo, as in like uh, earlier on. Yep. So now I think maybe that that may or may not be the case anymore. Regarding... I don't. It's,
1: it would be. It's interesting to see because Microsoft has a good relationship with Activision as well. That's true. If you think about it, yep. right. So we, this, it makes sense that they would still be able to do that. But it depends on whether they're going to make MLG the in-house yep. esports revenue, like the esports avenue, basically for their content or are they going to make it an actual network and just kind of have everyone in there and, and do something like that
2: so do you feel uh, was that you think there might be another kind of complete subsect of esports for the Activision type well games? it might
1: be like you know for example if you want to watch a particular code of thing it's like you want want to watch this particular thing on esports or you got to turn over to our channel yeah. or you want to watch our particular football or Soccer or whatever, turn over to our channel. It's our exclusive thing, I think, and we're not going to have anyone else on it. It's only going to be whatever our thing is. So it depends on how they're going
3: to take it. It depends on how
2: big it gets it would as make, well.
3: It would make sense for all like the Activision products to be on MLG, but I'm not sure that they would benefit from just keeping everyone out. Mm. I'm not sure how that would go. It might be better to have... Okay, so if you want the best content for Activision uh,
1: games and esports, go to MLG. We're mm-hmm. going to... Maybe have exclusives on that, but we've also got content that we run for other companies as well. There might be some smaller games out there that, you know, maybe aren't set up to run their whole network or don't have another avenue for them to go on. But you know, maybe they just want to they brand it so it all sits under a particular thing, there's a particular style. Because I assume that all this stuff is still going to go out on other broadcast platforms, maybe like YouTube gaming or maybe on Twitch as well. Um, and MLG is just going to be like, I guess, the the branding attached to it. Yeah, um, which would make sense. You know, I maybe mean, they're just.
2: It's like the, what happens in all the other kind of leagues of sports. Yep. You know, the actual no, the affiliation is not always completely direct.
3: Yeah. Well, the interesting part is that
2: a, a sport like
3: football or soccer that that isn't really owned. That thing isn't owned by anyone. Like the sport soccer is not owned by someone, whereas Call of Duty is a property that is owned by someone. Mm. So but I guess is, you could
1: argue that yeah. professional stuff has to go through the professional that's bodies, true. and yeah. maybe that's what they're trying to do. Is they're probably trying to have MLG as a professional body for these esports leagues. And sure, mm. you know, just like you can take a soccer ball down the park and kick it around yourself, or you know, you can have a small uh, local league. Yeah, sure. um, they want to have the professional league sitting under this league table, and that's what it is. It's major league
2: game. That's it. You've, you've got sports still, like you've got soccer, but you've also got. FIFA, who you know, that's true, do, who do govern over uh, a huge part of the game, or the
1: AFL, for example, which governs over thing. But you can still take a football and have a small football league. Of course, and,
2: but there know. is somebody like behind it, you know, somebody responsible for getting it all together and the orchestration and the advertising and blah blah blah. You know, it takes a huge financial backer, which is why Activision are great.
1: That's uh, it's something to keep an eye on, I guess. It's As this is a sort of a developing sort of area, we'll hopefully see a bit more from this in the com- upcoming year. I mean, we're in Absolutely. the first couple of days of January, yeah. so we'll yeah. see some more from it's that. It's already coming
3: juicy. Out. Pixel Sim.
1: It's not Pixel Siv. It's Pixel Sift.
3: Pixel Siv!
1: Earlier this week, I had a chat to Chris Parkin, Christopher Parkin. He is the CEO of... Of off peak games. They have currently, they're from Western Australia, and nice. they are running a Kickstarter campaign at the moment for their virtual reality Valiant game. Yeah. It's called Valiant. It's a, Valiant is not the word I was looking for then. Medieval, it's a medieval jousting game. There's also archery in it as well. So you're basically on the back of a horse. And well, we'll let Chris describe how it goes all together. But we
4: kind of asked him, how did the idea all come together and what was it all about? So it's virtual reality mounted combat. So you're basically a knight, you don armour, ride around on a horse and stab your friends with lances and bow and arrows and swords. It's all multiplayer online. So my name is Christopher Parkin, CEO of Off-Peak Games. Where did you kind of get the idea to make a sort of multiplayer medieval game? So my co-founder and I, uh, Liam Poli, we were both playing a lot of Mountain Blade. It's probably about a year and a half ago, and we had this idea that mounted combat, so horseback combat, would be perfect for virtual reality. So when you founded Off Peak Games, you kind of quit your your day job. Was that nerve
1: wracking to kind of go from a steady source of income into you know the un unse- uh, unsecured sort of challenge of making a a small game studio
4: yeah that was the scariest experience of my life like at the time i was doing engineering and all my friends were engineers and just talking to my parents and being like oh i'm thinking of quitting my engineering job and sort of starting a company they thought i was crazy so it was absolutely terrifying just having everyone you know being like dude what you're doing is a dumb idea don't do it
1: what is it that game development gives you that, you know, working in a a day, 9 to 5 day job in your engineering position doesn't give you?
4: I think it's that sense of creation. So instead of working with an engineering company that just provided people with energy and, you know, natural gas, I wanted to be creating things that provided people somewhere to to think about things, somewhere to experience being online with other people and learning and making friends.
1: I guess a lot of people probably haven't actually used a virtual reality headset yet they're still kind of in their very early stages. Um, What is the experience like for players who have got the VR headset on their face and playing the game?
4: To describe it you'd just be when you're wearing the headset you basically can look around you can look to your left and right and you're actually inside the world looking around And you look down and you have a horse. And then as you move through the world, you have to aim like three different things in virtual reality. So traditional PC game, your weapon's always facing where you're looking. And where you're looking is where your body's facing. Well, in Valiant, your horse is facing one direction. Your weapon can face another direction. And then your view, your head, faces a completely another direction as well. So there's three different things to sort of keep track of.
1: Is multiplayer something that you've always been interested in doing or is it something that just kind of fit better with this sort of game?
4: I think it's more of, it's something we've always wanted to do because myself and Liam, we grew up with multiplayer games. I'm not too sure about Liam, but myself, I've only played multiplayer games. But I think the last single player game I played was Fallout 2. So we just said, some of our best experience in life have been multiplayer games. We're only going to make multiplayer games. So I guess we're trying to get a sense of social belonging with the people you're playing with. And that's kind of amplified by being virtual reality because now you can actually see the person next to you and actually feel like they're there. One of the really interesting things was we found a lot of people during the weekly playtest, after about 20 minutes of fighting, that would stand around in a group talking and we thought, this is like really weird. And so we would just, everyone would be sitting there in a group just talking about things. And I guess that's because of the virtual reality sense of, like present sense of there being somewhere else there. It's actually kind of cool to sit and talk. So
1: Oculus is just about to announce their pre-order and the pricing for their headset. What sort of pricing are you kind of hoping that the, the sort of retail sets are going to be put at when people are able to order them? Because I mean, they could be quite expensive.
4: For the last few years, the the mantra was always around three hundred and fifty US, which I was, I would have liked the Oculus to be around three hundred fifty four hundred, but unfortunately, it is going to be about five hundred and fifty US, if not higher.
1: And are you worried about that having an impact on making a virtual reality game? If if the barrier is already that you've got to have a, a reasonable enough machine to play the game. And then you also need an extra headset as well. Um, Are you worried that that's going to put a damper on on releasing this game?
4: Not so much. So I believe it will uh, be quite similar to the iPhone launch. So very slow and gradual. And it will sort of be this thing that everyone will want VR before they can afford VR. The prices will come down or people will be able to save up So we're not too worried. We're just planning for a slow and steady growth.
1: So you guys are currently on Kickstarter. Why did you choose crowdfunding over, say, a different model, like going straight to a Steam Early Access or or releasing as a retail game once the headset comes out?
4: So that decision initially came down to we had a free build up on Oculus Share that was very well-received and we had lots of players. And we were really listening to feedback from those players and making Mm -hmm. the game better. So we were, worried, we were worried about putting up a paywall too soon by moving the game to early access and then losing that already very small player base. So that was one of the reasons why we went to crowdfunding. And I guess the, the other reason was we basically were new to game development and we wanted a sort of a learning experience. So we wanted a miniature version of a launch so we could learn some, some of the ins and outs so you've got a couple of days
1: left on your Kickstarter campaign. If the Kickstarter doesn't quite get to the, the goal that you're,
4: you're asking for, what, what's the plan going forward? So the plan is to continue basically working on the game and to, to finish it anyway. But if you give us money now, we'll make the game even better when it releases. But that really doesn't give backers this you know, fear of missing out if they don't back it. Most people will look at the campaign and say... Oh, that's nice, but I'll just wait till the full thing's out anyway and then evaluate if I want to buy it.
1: Do you think maybe uh, launching the campaign when you did before the retail sets have gone out to different people and, and all that sort of stuff, maybe do you think it could have been too early?
4: Yeah, it was It was too early, but it was also we wanted to do it early to because then we could actually use the funds to make the game better because if Oculus is releasing sort of February then we'd really have to start working on the finishing the game sort of now which is what we've been doing we basically said okay we have enough cash in the bank to finish the game anyway like it won't be as high a quality level as the Kickstarter succeeded but we have enough to polish it and make it nice that was Chris
1: Parkin. he's from Off Peak Games if you want to check out the Kickstarter they've got about a week left to go on that, so you can go and have a look at that online. We've got a link on it on our website, so you can have a look at the the post on there. And click
2: yeah, on It's a really cool looking game. We popped the uh, check. Mitch and I checked that one out at the Perth Game Fest as well. It was a big line of people playing it, looking like they were really enjoying it. I did want to get involved, but just didn't quite have enough time.
1: I think that's the one thing about all this virtual reality stuff is it is quite early on, and a lot of people don't actually have the hardware yet. Well, so if you don't play it at something like Perth Games Festival, it's kind of you can't play at home really unless you've got.
3: It is still quite the niche. That, that's um happening i think it, i don't think it's going to really enter everyone's home quite just yet.
2: Well, yeah, like you said, the, the need for your computers to be pretty souped up and uh, also the actual the price of the Rift in general. I mean, the new ones come out at...
1: Only just announced today, basically, at the CES uh, convention over in Vegas. Um, $599 yeah. US. see that barrier for entry is really a little too high for most I, people right I now. I think a lot of people are probably going, oh man, I wish the exchange rate was back at one at one because then <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like a lot closer, but that's probably about $750, $800 Australia. I, yep.
2: I did see that coming, to be Fair, like you know, it's pretty like you said, it is new, advanced kind of uh technology as far, oh, yeah, hardware as far as this kind of thing goes. So, you know, it's gonna have a high price packet, especially um, you know, like I said, you need the elite or better computers and elite computers and all that kind of stuff does cost a little bit more. Um, it is a bit of a (laughs) it's it's a high price mark, and it would have been good if it was a bit less, but it will drop, you know,
1: that's right, and it's exactly as Chris said in that um in the interview things are going to come down in prices as they become more common and, and yeah. as more people get them and there's more practical uses for this sort of thing then you know we'll, we'll see more of this when, when we get along And uh, but if you are interested and you have got an Oculus Rift or you've just pre-ordered one today um, jump on to Kickstarter or jump to pixelsift.com.au and we will um, get the link up there and maybe back on Kickstarter check see out. You go, WA
3: You're listening to Pixel Sift, or you might be watching Pixel Sift on Twitch. Pixel Sift.
1: That's right, you're listening to Pixel Sift. It's Western Australia's weekly video games podcast. 2015, it was a big year for Pixel Sift. It was our first year and uh, we had a great time in 2015. Um, You guys had a great time. Uh, (laughs) You love it. (laughs) You keep coming back every week. You say that. Um, We had some huge news and some huge stories throughout the year. Um, we were just kind of doing a bit of a
2: year in review now that yeah. we've kind of fully cleared 2015. We're yep. not much ones for reviews, but we thought we'd give the whole year a bit of a gloss instead of focusing on and, one thing, because we don't like that.
1: And have a bit of a chat about some of the bigger stories that happened throughout the year as well, some of the ones that we were, I guess, I guess the big news in in games. Yep. Um, should, we, should we kick it off? I think one of the biggest things that I saw this year um, was the president of Nintendo... Uh Satoru Iwata died in July, sort of out of the blue. No one really sort of expected that. and
3: His health had been...
1: Rumored to be a bit...
3: Relatively high profile, actually, like yeah. until, until his demise. But I think, yeah, it still came as a bit of a shock to the community.
1: And it's interesting because it actually has an implication, as we were talking earlier with the Activision Blizzard thing, it does actually have an implication on the way that the stock is traded and the way that, mm-hmm, it um, does. you know, the... The business of the company. If you have your CEO kind of, um, yeah, right. Pass it's, I away. Mean, it's
2: the, the guy at the reins. Yeah, the person at the reins is changing uh, changing over. Then you know the the style of ride might as well. And
1: also, if there's a bit of a an, a long on ongoing uh, health concern, then people start being a bit more cautious about buying these things because people put a name against a company. You know, it's happened with other companies around. Big CEOs have gone on do I feel
2: like Nintendo's got a bit of a uh, you know ethos. Yeah, I, I can't see it kind of changing. Too There's
1: some much big names that. at Nintendo as well, and people actually really know the people who run Nintendo. You know, you've got Reggie's, uh, Reggie Fisame. Yep. Um, you've got your Miyamoto's, your Satoru Iwata's. Um, mm. You know, plenty of these big names as well. So when one of them kind of drops out. But, you know, these people are the pioneers of the original video games era, and they're, they're getting on. You know, video games have been around for almost 30, 40 years now. Yeah, this sort of thing's um,
2: going to happen. I guess. Yeah. Mm. So, sad sad news from that. Yeah, um, that was a bit of a... Uh, one of the lower points, I guess, of 2015 on a more somber note. Mm. Uh, some of the other big things that happened was uh, on a
1: completely different tack was uh, Steam introduced a method in which people could go and buy mods for the game. So, a yep. big part of the Steam uh, platform is that they have this thing called Steam Workshop, which allows you to have fans creating content and going in there. Now, they'd always had things like in Dota and in... Uh, Team Fortress 2 where people could buy content but they were going to introduce mods basically. And for a lot of people who play on PC charging for mods as in like you could only access it if you paid for it that was the only way to do it seemed to be against the sort of ethos of this sort of sharing sort oh, of modding. Yeah. I, guess, yeah. Um, I can sort of understand the Valve argument for it. They were trying to encourage people to you know make the transition from making mods into making games. And um, and, you know, that's basically what they were trying to do, but it, uh, my microphone's falling down, which is great. Um, yeah, they were trying to make this transition, but people kind of backlashed against it, and it was something that the people weren't really ready for yet, and they're much more happy to do things like donate buttons and other bits and pieces in order to support the creators of the content that they, they really loved. So
3: Also, we got Steam refunds this year, didn't we? We did as
1: well. Yep. That was another thing on my thing, Steam refunds, mm-hmm. which is for a big concern for people when they started moving over to the digital platforms that... You don't actually own the games that you own on Steam. You have paid for a... Yeah. You have permission to have it. Yeah, you've paid for a license, basically, mm-hmm. to, to use these games. Uh, and that doesn't sit well with people. And also, if things like Steam, for example, fall over... That's true. You lose access to it. It's not the same as having it on a disc or, or you know, in another format or a cartridge or something yeah. like that, so...
2: I mean, I finally joined Steam last year after all this time. Yep, that made news. I yeah, uh, saw some things on... Made the local yeah. rag.
1: Yeah, on the big uh, gaming publications. Uh, Scott Quigg joins Steam.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's
1: major news. Staying um, with the microtransaction sort of go. things. Uh, payday 2, which we did a little bit of a, an episode about, which was huge. Uh and that was pretty much a problem with communication with different uh, things. If you say you're not going to yeah. charge for mods and microtransactions, then you shouldn't put mods and microtransactions yeah.
2: in. If you care about your fan base, so,
1: don't
3: make promises that you can't keep. Some trust was lost. Uh, but also, um, episodic games were a, were a big thing this year. I yep. mean, not, not that they weren't not in in last year, years. not that they weren't in 2014, but I guess um, Life is Strange. Of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. yeah, episodic games, Borderlands.
1: Um, also the uh, Minecraft story mode as well.
3: Yep. Things like that. I I, I love all of that. Just story-driven
2: entertainment. Narrative games. Narrative games. I love that. Um, Some of the bigger games, I guess. Um, Witcher 3, until the end of last year. It was a big year for open world. It was. It really was. You've got Fallout 4. You've got Just Cause. um, And for me, on a shooter level as well, I'd say it was was a flop for me anyway. uh, A little bit Battlefield Hardline. Um, it, It was... It's kind of saved later in the year for me as shooters for Rainbow Six Siege. I played that a little bit over the holidays and really enjoyed that. Um, Battlefront, of course, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all of my standouts, really. They're your big ones? Yeah, they're my big ones. Starcraft 2 got tied. Yes, yeah, Legacy of the Void. Yep.
1: Finished off on that one there. Yep. Um, Fallout 4 is probably the big one for me. I think it's probably my It's my game of the, I don't know, however if, long it's going to get. It's going to be my it. 2016 game. I have to sink my teeth into have it. have my hooks into it. Next week. Um, I mean, it has
2: its
3: hooks
1: into you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well,
2: it's got your hook line.
3: Me
1: and the game are now one and the same. Yeah. symbiotic so, You know, we're locked into the same thing together. I'm really like a at boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's you know, you got to just find like a few moments in which to do when you're not preparing for pixel sift. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's you got to go get some more sets of power armor. It's January out there. It's 2016. It is 2016. Um, some other things we had. Kojima left Konami after a bit of a weird acrimonious relationship. He sort of disappeared off the scene after Metal Gear Solid Five. You know.
3: What what can you do? What um, can you
1: do?
2: He'll go on to do other crazy things. Yeah, he started start
3: his own studio, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. So um, Why not do
2: it? Yeah. I mean, anybody that touches on any kind of Metal Gear greatness and wants to go off and do their own thing... His
3: fans will me. follow yeah. him anywhere. That's um, right. That.
1: In terms of uh, other big things, uh, Peter Molyneux... He's a... Uh, what
3: did he not deliver this time?
1: Well, he's yeah. actually not delivering to the press anymore after The Goddess. Uh, he did a yeah. Kickstarter campaign and obviously over-promised again. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then people basically called him out for it. Yeah. You'd think he'd be used to it by now. Um, but after that, he said, I'm not talking to press ever again. So, oh, yeah, no. It's the, it's it's the press's way. fault. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those damn press. I know.
3: Making me not... I challenge promises. you, Johnny... To talk to Peter Molyneux. Oh, look! I challenge you.
2: 2016.
1: Maybe if I run into into the yeah. shops, but I don't think he's going to go on the record for oh. for an interview for Pixel Shift. are we TV, media
2: though? Like podcast? Yeah, we, we are. We can come in on an angle. We're but- multimedia. Yeah, but, no, but we can come in like a more of a gaming kind of you know
3: angle. Maybe if we overpromise ourselves, he'll think we're the same. That's true. Yeah, and then We'd say, he'll be comfortable talking We're the us.
1: world's best media conglomerate presenting different media angles. And if you listen to Pixel Sift, your mind will be expanded. Yeah. That's my good Peter Molyneux impression there. Yeah, nice. It's Yeah, it was, it was a great year for games. Uh, there's plenty more coming up later this year. We've got E3 coming up as well. we got going to have plenty more episodes of Pixel Sift there for you as well to listen into. We're going to be checking out some of the big conventions that are coming out as well. Plenty great stories and interesting stuff, looking at the world of games and everything around it. Um, Speaking
2: 2016, I just want to throw in two games that sure, I am yep. really excited about. Yep. Um, Scythe, for one, uh, and also the Rick and Morty Pokemon-style game, which just looks like a lot of fun. Pokemon Go. Style game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pokemon Go? There is a Pokemon.
1: Yeah, Pokemon
3: Go. Pokemon Go, Go is yeah. something I'm very interested yeah. to
2: play. Um,
1: that might get me out of the house, away from Fallout. <laughs> yeah, uh, Going okay. out and collecting the Pokemans. The po- uh, Aren't
3: the many Pokemon. Yep, catching think, all the Pokemon. I think I'm the only person looking forward to Halo Wars too. <laughs> I
1: enjoyed that back in the day. Yep. Like I did play that. Oh, okay, um, but I,
3: you know, well, every time I we'll tell someone I'm looking forward to it, I'm met with eye rolling. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's <laughs> coming to PC now, this time exactly. So you Windows can actually 10. use it with a Windows and a yep. keyboard and a mouse. So it makes mm-hmm. a bit more sense for a real-time strategy game to be on a PC. Yep, that it is makes a game changer. That's pretty much all we've got time to, for today. So, thank you uh, for joining us for a large and sweaty episode yes. of Pixel Sift. I
2: don't know that. Well, yeah. They oh, do. They can look switch. on the video. Yeah. You can look Watch the it off, shiny it? Right oh, coming down. It's 40 degrees up in here today. Yeah. Welcome to Western Australia. No exaggeration either. This it's is Australia. quite Legit. hot.
1: Uh, thank you for joining us. This is another episode of Pixel Sift. Head on over to our website. It's www.pixelsift.com.au. Scott. People are going on to social media. They're doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Where are they finding us?
2: Oh, they're always doing it. Facebook.com forward slash Pixelsift. Twitter.com forward slash Pixelsift. And Twitch.tv forward slash Sift.
1: We're on YouTube as well. Uh, you have to search for us. You'll find us on there. Yep. Um, we're on everything, basically. It's Yellow
2: with a sift. It's usually and, forward slash yeah. Sift.
1: Usually, yep. Uh, Mitch, people are going to listen to our old episodes as well, aren't they?
3: Yep, so you can jump on our website, stream the episodes, or subscribe to our podcast on either iTunes or the RSS link on our page.
1: And you can get us on Pocket Casts as well. Oh, yeah,
3: Pocket Casts, yes. Uh,
1: while you're on iTunes, if you could give us a review and a star rating, we would really appreciate it. It really uh, helps people find the show, um, and it helps us uh, reach bigger audiences, and we can make the show even better for you listening in. Uh, thanks for listening in. You can jump online and check us out, and that's all we've got time for today.
3: Catch you later. Thank you. Thank you.